in three, two, one. Speak, Megan, right Let's now. Roll. And we're back, we're back with the Movement Church podcast. Back again. Do we have a name? We might. Here's my question. If you had a walk-on song, like uh, you're you're about to, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hailing from Coppell, Texas. Wow, you'd like dug into Megan that. Ellingwood, Lavorne <laughs> Robinson. What song hits? You, I don't know why you asked me this question. Baby, because baby, I by can't Amy Grant. Choose. Baby, baby, <laughs> baby, baby. I'm taken with the notion. I, yeah, help me pick a better to song. Love than that. you with the sweetest of devotion. Last baby, time I saw myself baby, dancing on this my podcast, I was embarrassed for myself. I was really embarrassed. Skies to the deep but you sing ocean. great, so, you know, Stop keep going, for babe. for a minute, baby, I'm so glad you're mine. Someone suggested we should call this podcast. Ever since <laughs> you put my heart in Random songs baby, and spiritual bombs. Just no getting over you. Thank you. That was about a full minute of our podcast so far for our viewers. Thanks, guys. Glad you tuned in today. I want to know what's your walk on song. (laughs) If you're walking on, maybe you're walking on stage or like maybe you get to heaven and the pearly gates are opening slowly. And that would be awesome. Gabriel is like, ladies and gentlemen, he has just arrived or she has just arrived. What song hits? I'm going to have to really think about that. Mine, it might be Still by Dr. Dre. Just throwing that. And you hear the beat. Okay. You feel it. Okay. You feel it. Very That's, good. That might be mine. <laughs> well, listen, I guess we're not talking about a possible name for the podcast my today. My name is Carrie Robinson. This is my songs. beautiful wife, Megan. That's Ellenwood right. Ellenwood Robinson. Wow. Baby, baby. Oh, man. Yeah. That's the song? Yeah. That's that's your walk on. No, it's not going to be. Welcome to this podcast. We might have a name. What's the name? Well, we're talking about doing MC Unpacked. Let's go. Because we're going to unpack what we talk about on Sundays at the Movement Church. We're going to unpack some spiritual truths. We're going to unpack some amazing songs by Pastor Carrie over here. Or Amy Grant. Or Amy Grant. We co-wrote that song. (laughs) I'm proud of it. But uh, that's, I won a Dove Award. We're tossing that name around, which is so a let Christian us know. Award for no one else in the world cares. Wow. Okay, let us know what you think. MC Unpacked. But, Unpacking uh, what? Like, who are we? I just we? said that. Where but you were we listening. You were like talking like, who, about Amy Grant. Are you my mom? Is this my house? <laughs> Where are we even from? My name is Carrie. This is Megan. We live in the beautiful county of Orange in Southern California. We pastor, the, I think, the greatest church yep. on the planet, the Movement Church. And man, if you're in the area, come check us out Sundays. And uh, I'm telling you, everything you need is below, but uh, we're glad below. you're here. So we're, we're kicking around the idea of MC Unpack, where we're going to unpack uh, messages that we've been preaching, yep. sermon series. We're going to unpack... Biblical uh, truth. Yeah, all kinds of things. And We're going to uh, unpack lots of fun. Yeah, I mean, we don't want it to be boring. Yeah. And uh, we're going to switch to long-form podcasts. This is going to be a six-hour podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've got a timer. It's very sophisticated. It is. It's on my iPhone 11, which is also time for an upgrade. Yes, it is. And uh, Me too. we are diving into week four of the series Battle of Beliefs, That's which right. we are in in the winter slash spring of 2022. Yeah. So if you haven't checked it out, I yeah. just would encourage you to check out the Movement Church po- uh, podcast that is our sermon series, yeah. because we've been in the middle of a series called Battle of Beliefs. If this is your first time to tune in with us, you're welcome, because we're talking about some hot topics. So um, you did such an incredible job oh, unpacking man. the message on Thank Sunday. Um, that was probably also, one of my the... landscapers are walking through 
my backyard yeah. blowing. No leaves. I don't have any leaves. No. They just knew we were filming. We've been waiting for 30 minutes to film. <laughs> and they're like, we should stand outside the, the studio, which is also my garage. Oh, can you rake concrete? They're, they're currently raking concrete right now. <laughs> There's nothing there. I'm pointing over there. They're raking. A little yeah. louder. Can you hold the trigger down? There, hold it down. Okay. And now ask a question, Megan. What do you want to know? I feel so sorry for anyone tuned in right and now. And we're not cutting. Keep I, going. I feel so sorry the for you. But the fact that you are still with on. us is just beautiful and amazing. So I'm going to go back to complimenting you because I can't Aww. believe you interrupted that. Um, I didn't I, interrupt the freaking <laughs> landscaper outside. Raking concrete. That yeah. is. Yep. Happening holy, again. <laughs> I've never wanted to cuss this podcast. You spoke like it into right motion. Now. He's raking our driveway. <laughs> We have gravel under our plants. There's not it's even all right. mulch. We're, we're going to just ignore the landscapers. We're five minutes And in. we're moving on. I'm with sorry, the you were talking about me? I was trying to. Hey, we have been in the middle of a series <laughs> called Battle of Beliefs. And we've been talking about um, a Christian worldview. And um, we've hit on some big topics so far. Yeah. We've talked about critical theory. Yeah. Last week, you, you started to dive into a little bit of critical race theory. Right. And... Um, Pastor Kerry took on some light topics this week and decided to talk about sexuality, gender, and abortion. Yeah. Well done, babe. <laughs> but uh, we, we weren't trying to uh, create enemies or to uh, ruffle feathers. We just, there's, there are hot topics yeah. in our world right now, and people are asking, and uh, Christians want to know what does the Bible say? People yeah. want to know what we believe. That doesn't mean everyone aligns. Uh, but it's big stuff happening. Yeah, and so I would just encourage you, if you haven't listened to the message, go and take the time to listen to the message because the one thing that I think you did really well, babe, is um, you unpacked the biblical worldview. You unpacked truth from the Word of God because yeah. we're just not going to shy away from the truth that is found in the Word of God. That's who we are, and mm. it's where we believe our foundation for truth is found. Right. And so you did a great job of unpacking what Thanks, the Word babe. of God has to say about those topics, but you did it in such a way that was just full of grace oh, and man. full of compassion. So if you're going to listen to what we talk about today and uh, and you start to get a little frustrated or uncomfortable, I'm just challenging you, take a minute, go back, listen to the message that Pastor Kerry preached on Battle of Beliefs week four, because I, I think you'll hear the heart behind it. And um, so we want to dive into some questions yeah, that came it. in on Sunday or, or throughout the week. Yeah. And um, just again, listen to the message. If you haven't heard it yet, I think that um, you'll appreciate it. So let me dive in. There was a question that came in this week that said, okay, you talked a lot about alignment and misalignment yeah. with, um, with God's word. And yeah. so the question that came in says, how does a lack of alignment with God's truth in an area of a saved person's life affect their salvation? That's great. It's a great so that's question. A, yeah, great it's question. It's a big one. And I think it's a question that uh, the church has been asking for thousands of years, and there are two theological camps on this, yeah. and we probably won't take today to dive into that. The The two theological camps would be, I mean, this is a boiling it down, like a Calvinist stance and an Arminian stance, um, and, and, and uh, a Calvinist stance would believe you can't lose your salvation, that there is an eternal, eternal security with that. This is, I'm like, this is very, very base- theology. I'm not even, there's more to it, uh, but I don't have time for that today. The Arminian would believe that, um, that you can uh, lose your salvation and both their scriptures on both yeah. of them. 
they're neither are they're both non-essential in the fact they both are built in the predication the fact that jesus is the way the truth and the life and then no one comes to the father except through him so that's where there's unity in that uh, but i would align with uh, the theology that you cannot lose your salvation yeah. um i believe that salvation is free and it is god's get free gift of grace based on our faith, not about something we do, which means there's not something we do that can lose it. We say this all the yeah, time. Yeah, free you gifts for all. Yeah, you can't earn it and you can't lose it. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 would say that. John 3, 16, uh, for God so loved the world that whoever believes, right. not whoever, whoever. is good enough or doesn't sin enough, whoever believes would have everlasting life. So we believe salvation is free. But we talked about this on Sunday. Yeah. We believe that Christianity is about daily denying myself and obediently following Jesus and John fifteen nine would suggest if Jesus said if you love me you'll obey keep my, my commandments right yeah. you'll obey me uh, Philippians two says therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed so now not only as in my presence but much more in my absence work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good yeah. pleasure in other words we We've got some work to do. Yeah. Not to earn our salvation, do. but to obediently follow Jesus. So, right. man, this is a long answer. But we asked, we talked about alignment versus misalignment. And so, what do we do when I'm struggling to be aligned with God's word? Well, um, I think one of the, the ways to boil this down that would be important to talk about is that we're all in process. Uh, it's challenging for everyone, and no one is in the same place in the journey. Some of us are have a little more spiritual maturity, some of us have yeah. a little less. Uh, some of us are struggling to obey, be obedient in this area while others are struggling to be obedient in a different area. Um, but there, we, we are born with a sin nature. Yeah. Uh, and that is called transgression. Right. Uh, Adam and Eve did that. And then ever since then, all humanity was born with a sin nature. But there is, so in other words, you can't, Jesus doesn't save you from your sin. He saves us from hell. And we are dealing with walking in obedience and saying no to sin. Yeah as much as we possibly can and being like Jesus. But often we struggle with sin and we choose sin. We choose self-rule. We choose pride. We choose judgment. We choose to gossip. We choose lust. We choose to continue scrolling on a website we shouldn't be. We choose to flirt with a, a woman who's not our wife or flirt with a man who's not our husband. We we choose to, in dating relationships, uh, to to cross boundaries of yeah. sexual intimacy yeah. that we shouldn't be, that are not biblically uh, permissible. We choose those. And when we willingly choose to walk in sin, it's called iniquity. Yeah. Another way to say that is a misalignment. Right. And that's not God's heart for you. Right. It's not God's heart for your flourishing, which means you don't want it. Yeah. And, and I would just challenge you, if you are willingly choose to walk in misalignment, well, man, it, it, maybe it's time to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like just to say, wait, Holy Spirit, I, I want to be aligned with you because that's God's plan for your flourishing, yeah. which means that you are on your own in this. Yeah. And we see that in scripture all the time. I, I was just thinking a great example might be, you know, we're talking about the fact that you know, the gift of salvation, um, that's the free gift of God. There's nothing we can do to earn it. It's the free gift of God. All all we have to do is choose to believe. Um, but, but God's word gives us a plan for our flourishing. Yeah. So if we want to live the best life, the life that God intended for us to live, he set up some, some guidelines for how we should live our life to experience the best that he has for us. Right. 
for us. And it would kind of be like hiring a physical trainer who's going to give you meal plans, who's yeah. going to um, help you like establish your, your workout equipment. Pastor Kerry has a gym over here with all kinds of workout equipment and, uh, and sets you up for success. So everything you need, what to eat, how to do the workouts, all of the things, and, and give you the guidelines for this is what's going to get you in great physical yeah. shape. And then you sit around or I sit around and eat pizza and French fries and drink soda and refuse to use the equipment that's in our garage. Like we are not going to flourish physically, yeah, right? Totally. And so we have to make a decision to say, okay, here's the best plan for flourishing. And God has given us a plan to flourish and we can either align our lives with God's plan for our life, or we can be misaligned. If we're misaligned, we can't expect to reap the benefits totally. of flourishing because that's our choice. Just like if I had a physical trainer that told me to eat carrots and broccoli and I chose pizza, yeah. I can't expect the results of carrots and broccoli by eating pizza. I wish I could because that's my favorite food. Yeah, and, and we, we talked about a, a large portion of Sunday was talking about Christian sexual ethic. Like, What yeah. does the Bible say is sexually permissible? And the only biblical definition for permissible sex is between one man and one married woman. That's it, which means any other sexual activity. And sexual activity has all, everything to do with arousal and uh, your reproductive genitalia and uh, your lustful thoughts or intentions. So we like to work around, well, wait, what if we're going to get married? then it's okay because we will get married. Or what if we find someone we truly love? Or what if I'm not having intercourse, but we're, we're messing around and blurring the boundaries? No, 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 hold on. If you're not married to one man or to, if you're not a man married to a woman yeah. or a woman married to a man, then any sexual activity is off limits. So if you're blurring the boundaries with that, then I would just encourage you not to feel shame, but to go, wait a minute, Holy Spirit, I, I want you at work in my life. And I want to be in alignment. I don't want to walk in iniquity. I, I want to walk in freedom. Yeah. And and honestly, that's not God depriving us no. in our sexuality. That's no. God's best plan for sexuality. His best plan for incredible intimacy, incredible sex. And I just think that um, we forfeit God's... Uh, God's beautiful plan for our sexuality when we make a decision to get out of alignment with his work. Yeah, and it's not easy. Yeah, it's uh, not. It, oh it my is goodness. challenging and it's difficult for everyone. I mean, just because I'm attract, I, I have an opposite sex attraction, right? I am married to my wife and we've been married for almost 22 years, but that doesn't mean that my opposite sex attraction ended when I married Megan. I still have to deny myself and choose only Megan and no yeah. one else. There are people who are in our church who are currently single and they're choosing, well, that means that I'm going to abstain from sexual activity. We have people in our church who are currently dating and they're saying, I'm choosing to abstain yeah. from sexual activity because I know it's not right. We have people in our church who have a same-sex attraction and they're choosing, I am not going to date because I know God's plan for human sexuality and flourishing is not in line with the desires of my flesh and nature, and they're choosing to, to say no and yeah. to surrender. And that means it's difficult for all of so us. So hard, hard for everybody. But yeah. it's God's plan for our yeah, flourishing. Totally. So there's good things in store with that. Yeah. Let me move on to the next question. Um, uh, you, again, you talked about sexuality. You talked about gender. We talked about abortion. Um, and so the question that came in was, how do we take all of this that, yeah. that we talked about into account sure. when we're voting? Should we hold culture accountable to our values even when they don't follow Jesus? That's great. It's a good I question. It's a great question. I think the first answer is we have to hold ourselves accountable. 
In other words, yeah. you have a responsibility to learn and understand what culture is teaching right. and learn and understand where it contradicts or conflicts with the word of God. So you have a responsibility. You can't limit your only knowledge to what our culture is yeah. teaching to four sermons that we preach at the movie right. church and four podcasts. We've recommended books and we'll have them here in the links below the books that we're reading that are informing yeah. these, uh, these ideas, what we're understanding about this. We, we're in, <laughs> including scripture that we're using as a platform yeah. we're going back to Bible college. So we're, I, we're giving you resources. So you have an, a responsibility and need to hold yourself accountable to teach that. And if you're a parent, you have a responsibility. I want to hold you. You need to hold yourself accountable on yeah. how you instruct and lead your family. Like, I just burped. You're That's still the lovely. greatest. It smells like Red Bull and Lupe's. Oh, Holy smokes. That is awful. Like, like Red grilled Bull is awful. octopus and Red Bull just billowing in my nostrils. That's really good. You gross. have a responsibility to instruct and lead your family, which means you got to sit down and talk to your kids about what's going on. You need to know what your schools are teaching your kids that your kids yeah. are attending. What are they teaching? You need to be willing to have conversations, hard conversations with your kids, specifically if you have teenagers, um, because your teenagers right now are inundated with ideologies that, that really raise themselves up against the knowledge of God cool. and, and the knowledge of what God's word says. And you need to be willing to engage in those hard conversations yeah. to, to let them ask questions for you to ask questions and understand what they're being exposed to so that you can present the truth of God's word. That is your responsibility as a parent. Yeah. I just want to reiterate, reiterate again, one of the best books you can read is Confronting Injustice Without Compromising Truth by Thaddeus Williams. Get it, read it. Yeah, such a good book. It's a game changer. But uh, anyway, so first we have to hold ourselves accountable. And second, it 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 should absolutely... <laughs> Lots of noises today on this podcast. <laughs> baby, baby. Okay. It should absolutely impact your voting. Yeah, it should. 100%. Your voting. Yeah, You don't get to control anybody else's voting, by the way. It impact how you judge other people exactly. for voting. Exactly. It should impact... Yours. Unless you are a Democrat. No, I'm kidding. I knew you were thinking I was going to say that. No, I don't care. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat. Yeah, libertarian. Libertarian. Green, green Party. I don't care if you're a non-party. It doesn't matter. You should be looking at biblical principles and voting accordingly. Now, yeah. we have biblical freedom yeah. in politics. There is not one party who uh, represents the full gospel message. Each party has setbacks yeah. and drawbacks problems and complications. You talked about that during week three of our yeah. series. You talked about the yes, I can and no, I won't. And right. how when there's not um, any clear direction in the biblical word of God, direction, biblical direction, right. that, that we do get to choose. Yeah. And, and I think that applies to our voting. But you should be considering yeah. what does the Bible say? Which means that you need to know what policies your politicians are standing for. And you need to vote accordingly. And, and can I just suggest something? Don't just vote a party. That's a horrible idea. You may have done so in the past. I'm not here to throw shame or condemnation. Don't just check the R box or the D box. Like, actually, research the politicians. Research the bills yeah. that are being presented. Research from both sides what they represent. And then you need to know there's going to be times where your beliefs conflict with a politician's policies. Yeah. They are not Jesus. They are not the truth of God's word. They are humanity built on a broken system that is in need of a savior. And when that happens, you pray and you vote. Now, maybe you don't feel like you can vote. That is your prerogative. As for me, I have decided I'm always going to vote. It's a personal conviction because 
and here's why, men and women gave their lives so that I could have the right to vote. So for me personally, I don't even impose this on my spouse. I can't impose anything on my spouse, let's just be <laughs> honest. I just choose I'm always going to vote, and that means sometimes I know I'm voting, and some of the policies that politicians stand for are not going to line up with the Scripture, and I know that because they are not the kingdom of God. Yeah, and and just for the record, um, it, during this last few years, there's been a lot of politicians who have been placed on a pedestal oh like they gosh, are God. like they're Jesus and there is no politician who is like Jesus. And um, they might so, be in progress and in process like you. Like and we me, all are. So we don't need to glorify politicians, no. but we do need to look at their stance and um, yeah. and line it up with our, our biblical worldviews and, and make a decision that way. But part of this question said, do we hold culture accountable to our values even when they don't follow Jesus? And, and I just think that's not, first of all, it's not your responsibility yep. to hold culture culture accountable. It's actually not your responsibility to hold anybody else accountable no. for how they vote. It's your responsibility to hold yourself accountable for how you vote and your understanding of uh, the bills that are... And, Can I ahead. bring a caveat to that? Yeah. Are you talking An about your asterisk. spouse? <laughs> no, it's, if, you're, if you're married and you're a parent, yeah. then you are responsible to your spouse you're and right. your kids. And I want to add one more asterisk, and this is what your heart, you were in your heart, yeah, not yeah. what you said. The asterisk I would add to that is if people give you permission to Absolutely. hold them accountable, then you do. But the caveat is they give you permission. Like I've got guys in my life, I've yeah. given carte blanche permission to call me out on anything. They can call Megan at any time and find out if I'm being a jack wagon or yeah. not. I've got pastors Same. in my life, Same. and so does Megan, who can call us on the carpet. But we've given them permission. Yeah. And thanks for holding me accountable, babe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know it's what you meant. <laughs> well, it is. And, and I'm also referring to this in um, context of voting specifically. I think accountability is necessary in all of our lives. And if we don't have somebody, just, just to rabbit trail for a moment, if we don't have someone that we are actually accountable to, that we allow Playing to challenge fire. us, that we allow to say, hey, hold on a second. I'm not sure that you're on the right track here. Right. If we don't allow anybody in our life to do that, we are in trouble. And so um, I'm definitely not talking about accountability as a whole. I'm speaking to accountability on voting and our culture. Yeah. Um, we, we can't change the people around us in our culture. Um, and the people, there's, there's so many people that you and I do life with that don't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not our job to cram Jesus down their throat. Um, but if we could understand the why behind the what of what we believe and why we are choosing to vote the way we're voting or, or what matters to us, then we can have those kind of conversations totally. in a really healthy manner. Um, I think there's a man named Simon Sinek and he has a book that says, start with the why. Yeah. And I would just say, if you're trying to engage in political conversations, um, don't let it be just because the Bible says so, because nobody really is going to listen to that. No. So have a deeper understanding of the why behind the what of what we believe. And, um, and I would say, start with that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And then the best way to challenge culture is by living the gospel. Yeah, message. that's a fact. <laughs> like love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's start there. Uh, that's what Jesus said is the first and greatest commandment. Now there's and a helicopter second. literally circling our house. They may not hear the helicopter what in babe. the world. It's, it's just like us. Armageddon it's showed like up. That in movie San for you. Clemente. Squirrel. 
<laughs> I just can't. My garage door is shaking. Anyways, let's continue on. All right. So just loving the Lord God your own, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that alone is challenging enough. Yeah. And then the next one is loving our neighbor as ourselves. So I think like, let's start there. Yeah. Uh, but what we can do is point people to Jesus. Absolutely. And let Jesus do the work. And so like the greatest thing you can do is be fully connected and planted in your local church, not hopping around from one church to the other. I go to worship here and the preaching here and the group here. My students, my kids go to the students there. No, no, pick a stinking church and plug in and plant (laughs) and serve and go to groups and listen and, and do everything there and, and then bring your friends to your church and, and help them see Jesus and be Jesus. That is the greatest way we can impact culture yeah in addition to how we vote yeah and then some of you need to run for office yeah so we need some senators and congressmen and women and we need mayors and city councilmen and when we talk about this every week but man, what's we need we need a godly president who loves yeah. god and is going to do his or her best to to lead us as a nation so it's like run for office that would be awesome next question you mean to move on okay no. here we go um yes, so here's queen. a big question uh this came in on sunday I understand that the Bible has a clear explanation for gender and for sexuality. However, I'm really struggling with how to approach difficult conversations with my friends and loved ones who are battling with their Mm. sexuality and gender. So how can I be a supportive friend while also aligning with the kingdom culture? That's so good. That's such a good question. with help. Yeah. Help. Uh, Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. And uh, man, and it's hard. Mm -hmm. And I think we should pause. Like... And just recognize there is no fast way to the truth. It's rocky. It's challenging. Uh, it's painful. Yeah. The Bible refers to itself as a double-edged sword that can pierce and divide the soul asunder, which means that it hurts on both sides. Yeah, it cuts a little bit. Like it's his freedom and God's grace yeah. is so amazing. And he loves me unconditionally. But at the same time, if I want to flourish, I got to say no to what I want. And, and it, it would not be hard to say no if, if you didn't want it. It's when you want something that God doesn't want for you. So we've just got to start there. And, uh, and and remember, you don't corner the market on truth yeah. in, in your own life. Like, you struggle as well. And so we talked about this on Sunday, and the best thing you can do is grace for others. Yeah. Grace, 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 grace. And just when the grace has run out, extend the grace a little bit more. But I think, in other words, that just means you give permission to be in process. You give people permission to go slower than you. You give permission, you give people permission not to agree with you. It means that you love people in spite of their weaknesses. Yeah. I mean, just to echo what you answered in the last question, you know, the first commandment Jesus gave us was love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And so that's my personal relationship with Jesus. That's, that's me saying, I'm going to focus on my relationship with God, which also means that I focus on like following Jesus. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. And I, I just think that we could do, um, we could just do such a better job at just loving people right where they're at. Mm. And whatever process they're in, um, whether they they know God or whether they don't, I'm just loving people right where they're at. I think we should ask a lot more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we should listen a lot and understand people's stories, understand where they, they've come from, how right. they've arrived at the place that they're at right now. What are the things that they're struggling with the most? I think just leaning in and asking questions and, and truly caring about their experience mm. matters, not trying 
trying to get them to believe what I believe, just truly caring about their experience and loving them. Mm. I think that's being the hands and feet of Jesus. It doesn't mean we shy away from truth. I think that there's moments and opportunities within the context of relationships um, that we have the opportunity to say, hey, do you want to know what I think about that or kind of how I've chosen to live my life? I I think we can introduce uh, truth in a, in a kind and loving way from, from where we stand and what yeah. we believe. But again, it's not our job to drag somebody to Jesus. Um, yeah. The Holy Spirit does that. And so our job is just to introduce him and uh, let people start a journey. And everybody is at a different place in the journey. And uh, yeah, so, so we start with grace. And I think you yeah. get a, after that, I think you need to evaluate the relational, uh, the relationship investment. Uh, so I get my haircut every week or every other week. I know I'm bold, but I do a skin fade to a one on top, and I love it. I love my barber shop. I love my barber mic. If you're listening, I love you. Uh, and there's you know four guys cutting hair, or maybe a, a, there's also a young lady who's a barber there as well. And at any time, four customers in there, and, and, and you can hear every conversation. And we talk about everything. And usually the language is pretty foul, and you know it can get crass if it's all guys. And well, I gotta I gotta recognize recognize and evaluate the re- relationship. That's not right. the time to to stand up on a soapbox and tell everybody why they're wrong. Um, but I can have in depth conversation with my barber and make investments into his life, and then that gives me permission to speak about a little bit more yeah. than I would with somebody who's a stranger yeah. or an acquaintance. But then. I think one of the best thing you can say is, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if I agree, but it's an interesting perspective. That's a great statement. And you don't, you're not saying, well, you're an idiot or, well, I don't agree. You just say, you know, that's an interesting perspective. I'm not sure that I agree with that, but really interesting. You're not even asking Mm -hmm. them if they want to hear what you have to say. And then you get to gauge. That's great. Gauge how they respond. They might go, what do you believe? Then I will go, well, you know, I think it's important and this is important. I, I would say, let me just share with you what I believe, but I need you to share. I need to share with you where I come from, and that is the fact that all of my truth is based on the Word of God. And so, if if you don't hold that same view, then that's okay. But we may not align on everything, and that's all right. But my foundation is the Word of God, and this is what I believe. And and after I share that, I think we have a responsibility to reaffirm and reinvest. Yeah, that's great. So hey, I love you, even if you don't agree, and that's okay. But I have to reinvest after that. So that yeah. could be an awkward conversation. So I got to go back and get my haircut <laughs> again, right? And I got to be willing to yeah. have normal conversations because, <clears throat> I don't know. I was like, <laughs> that was a deep breath. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I breathed in and I hiccup coughed internally. Like I think I burped in my chest. Wow. So good. I started, I feel like I'm talking in a Southern accent now. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. Am I in a movie? I don't know. Is this like the Truman Show? Yes. Actually, I've been meaning to tell you. Okay, let's go on. <laughs> Anyways, reaffirm and reinvest. So there's just some practicals. I don't know if that helps. That's or not, really good. Great questions to ask. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is kind of in line with that. Um, the question continues and said, you said that you don't know all of the answers when it comes to what to do about someone struggling with gender dysphoria. Yeah. But you said that culture's answers are not the right answers. So what would it look like to help guide someone? I said someone? that culture is not providing the right solution. The right solution. Culture okay. does. Our they culture some... is sympathetic and empathetic. Absolutely. And it is like compassionate. Yeah. And those are great qualities. Yeah, those are great qualities. Uh, but they're not providing the right solution. Right. So what would it look like to help guide someone to the right answers specifically with gender dysphoria gender dysphoria yeah well 
I think that all truth is held in tension. And uh, in other words, we I, I spoke about the truth, what we believe the truth is biblically with regards to gender and how many genders are there and uh, what what the Word of God says in both the Old and the New Testament. And so that is the truth. But there is a major gap between what the truth of the Word of God says and what a person is struggling with right yeah, now. Yeah. And that is the tension. And so I can know the truth and I can speak the truth, but what God has called me to do is to walk with patience, love, and grace for the person who struggles. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate what I, I shared on Sunday about gender dysphoria, which gender dysphoria is simply this. It's when someone has emotional or psychological distress because their gender identity does not match their biological sex. In other words, when you are born a male but feel like you're a female trapped in a male's body, or you are born a female and you feel like you are a male trapped in a female's body, it's psychological and it is emotional distress. Yeah. And dare I say, trauma, maybe little t trauma, right. but trauma nonetheless. And I believe that is real. Yep. And I do not believe it is a sin to struggle with those feelings. And I need to add this. That's heavy. It's so heavy. That is hard. I cannot even imagine. Even to to empathize barely scratches the surface. Because yeah. I have no clue what that would be like. No, no clue what it would have been like to go through elementary and junior high and have people ask you questions and feel terrified to answer because of how you feel. The, I do believe culture is providing the wrong solution. Culture would say, well, define your gender and change and become. And I don't believe that that is God's answer for your flourishing. I don't have the answer. Yeah. But I know that if you're facing it, God will give you strength for it. Yeah. And I think it'll take a lot of time, a lot of prayer, a lot of conversations, and a lot of study to navigate what every step forward looks like. Yeah. And I think it is one day at a time. And the reason I'm so quick again to say I don't have the answers is because this is a big one. It is. And we don't clearly have this the answer lined out in scripture. We right. have the truth lined out. But we know that we go to God for forgiveness, but we go to God's people for freedom. So I believe that one answer is through in biblical community. Yeah with some men or women around you who love you unconditionally and are going to be willing to walk with you through anything. Yeah. And um, I, I think this question was written by a friend of someone that is struggling with that. Yeah. And so I would say um, for you, um, there's a book uh, that's written by the author Preston, Preston Sprinkle, Sprinkle. Yeah. and he, he says, I wrote this for thoughtful Christians, um, yeah. thoughtful Christians who are willing to say, okay, I want to understand more. And, and what's the name embodied. of embodied embodied. In fact, Preston Sprinkle is in my opinion, the best uh, authority on the subject right now when it comes to Christianity and homosexuality and transgenderism. Yeah, he does and a great job. I read both of his books. We're actually praying about figuring out how to get him or some of his team in here uh, at our church. And yeah. he read, wrote a book called People to be Loved, and it's the Christian res response to homosexuality and embodied, and that is uh, the Christianity and transgenderism and what is God doing. And I just think it's a beautiful book. 
and I think if you read it, you uh, it will not conjure shame. It'll display the love of God, and and help us all see that none of us have all the answers. Yeah. Uh, but there's something beautiful that God wants to do in the midst of the pain. So. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, this next question, um, I I just want to take a minute to hit on um, on Sunday in our Battle of Belief series, part four. Um, not only did you hit on sexuality and gender, but you also talked about abortion. Yeah. And um, it's a hot topic right now in the world that we live in. And again, if you haven't listened to that message, I would just challenge you to go and listen to the message because there's no way in the few minutes we have left in this podcast right. to fully recap what you shared. And you shared it in a really beautiful and kind way, yeah. um, just about life beginning at conception and um, and our mandate as a, as a Christ follower, the, the biblical truth um, for the fact that abortion is not right, but you were, it's, um, a it's a sin, but you were kind to slow down and recognize that, um, one in four women yeah. have had an abortion. And so you may be tuned in right now and you might be going, gosh, this is the one that's so hard for me because I, I've made the decision to have an abortion. And, um, Man, I, I can't even imagine how hard it was for you to arrive there yeah. at that decision and um, and the pain that you might be navigating. And and so we, gosh, I just, we'd love to walk with you through that. But mm -hmm. the question that came in, I just wanted to spend some a moment there. Um, the question was, is there forgiveness for abortion for Christians? And I just want to say, friend, Yes, <laughs> that's the word of God that's available yeah. to us there. That is the, the beautiful gift that Jesus offered to us when he gave his life on the cross. Um, and I love the scripture found in Psalm 103, um, verse 10 through 13. And it's talking about God and it says, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And, um, I just want I just want to validate for you yeah. that 100 percent if you if you've been there, if you've made that decision to have an abortion, if you have a weight of shame hanging over your head and condemnation, I, I just want you to know that forgiveness is available to you. Totally. That's the that's the promise of God for us. Um, and, and that's the beautiful gift that that Jesus gave us by giving his life on the cross, the, the ability to receive forgiveness. And it doesn't mean that we won't walk through pain right. because our decisions and our choices, we, we do reap the consequences of those. And so there's often pain involved, yeah. but you need to know that there's forgiveness available. Because if we confess our sins, he is faithful yeah. and just to forgive, forgive us, us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. Like that, that goes for anything, anything under the sun that is sin. And so you, didn't, you just need to know that. And uh, we want to encourage you in the journey. And if you're local, man, we'd love to walk with you through those things and, and, and maybe you're watching and you're a part of the movement church or, or you are maybe not around here and you, you're a part of a church and you're just like, I don't know if I line up with these things and I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if I agree or maybe I don't know if I agree with the Bible. And man, if this is conjuring more questions, can I just tell you the best thing you can do is lean in? Yeah. Don't cancel. Right. Don't shut people out. Just be open. And, and if you're local with us, I, let's grab coffee. Let's talk. 
I want to hear your heart and hear your what you're feeling and thinking, and, and let's just pray and see what God wants to do. Yeah. But don't cancel your church or your pastor or your your Christian friends, but just open your heart to it and see what God can do. Because here's yeah. the, the bottom line is we all want to walk in the truth. Yep. The, the, the Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will set, set you, you free. free. And uh, man, we believe that. And the Bible says who the sun sets free is free, free indeed. indeed. And that's yep. what we want for you. So yep. anyways, thanks for tuning in for this fourth installment of the MC Unpacked. Come on. And uh, we're excited about the future. We're going to probably do one more on Battle of, the Belie- uh, Battle of Beliefs, and I'm going to unpack critical theory and just kind of because people have been asking what is critical theory, and I might hit on a uh, critical race theory a little bit more too, but we'll do that one next. And then we're going to shift this to a once a month podcast um, in correlation with each sermon series that we do. We're going to unpack the series, unpack a little bit more in depth, but we're also going to have some friends on from time to time. We're going to have gonna, some fun. We're going to have some fun. We're definitely going to have <laughs> some fun. And uh, and we're just going to kind of see where this thing take, takes us. So our hope, number one, is for people who call the Movement Church home to provide some more content for you, to that you can really walk in what it means to flourish as God designed yeah. at you. And and our second hope, and, and, or secondary hope, would be that for those of you that are tuning in that aren't part of the Movement Church, that if you're local, Come hang out. Come hang if out. If you're not with a part us. of a church and you're not local, jump online. We're on every yep. Sunday. Uh, but if you're at somewhere where you're not local, find a church next to you. Yeah. In fact, if you don't know where to find a church, you let us know. We'll help you find a great church. There's a lot of great things that God is doing. There, there's great things happening in a lot of great churches all around the United States yeah. and the world right now. And I believe that your greatest days are attached to what God's doing in your local church. That's so right. Jump in. And so last thing to say is if you've finished watching this, just hit the like button for us. Come on. And uh, subscribe, click the bell so you know when another podcast drops. And uh, let's just do life together and see what God wants to do. That's next. right. Thanks for spending so much time with us. Yeah. It was awesome. I wish I could play still right now as we tune out, but you guys are awesome. <laughs> we'll see you next time. See you later.